This is episode 350, Navigating the Challenges of Being a Step Parent with Kendra. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you again for listening. If you haven't had a chance to leave a rating and review of the show on whatever podcast app you listen to, I'd sincerely appreciate it. It helps the show really grow. It also helps when you subscribe to the show, not just randomly look for episodes and go and listen, but when you actually subscribe, that's another thing that just helps the show grow so we can keep doing this. I love today's topic because I haven't had too many questions on step-parenting, and I know a lot of you out there either have step-parents or are a step-parent, and so I think you'll find this episode very valuable. As you are listening, consider, do you notice yourself being triggered by your children or stepchildren, but then you feel a lot of guilt and shame about it? Do you have anxiety that has gotten worse because of a certain situation? When you were growing up, what were your tween and early teenage years like? Was it a difficult time? And do you really think you've dealt with that? And finally, do you often have anger or frustration at your spouse because of the way that they may be parenting? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Kendra. So as you were listening to this episode, you may have thought, how do I work on my inner child? How do I get to know my inner child better? How do I really heal my inner child? And if you have some idea about that, or maybe you've tried some things and they haven't worked, well, then I have a solution for you. Steph and I get this question so much about inner child. It comes up so much on the podcast. And so we created an inner child workshop. We taught it live and we will teach it live again, probably in 2023, but for now you can get it virtually. You can get it recorded. We took the best live course, put it into an awesome course for you, and you can go through it at your own pace at any time. So go to christinehassler.com slash inner child. And when you go to checkout, you can use the promo code over it, O-V-E-R-I-T for $50 off as well. So christinehassler.com slash inner child, use the promo code over it for $50 off. We have had such incredible feedback from this course. People have had massive, massive changes. We teach you, we coach you, we take you through experiential meditations, visualizations, breath work. It's just so awesome. So I hope you invest in your inner child today and take yourself through this course. Kendra, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. I am calling in with a question today regarding anxiety and step parenting. Mm. I met my partner eight years ago, and he had two kids from a previous marriage. The kids are now 10 and 13, and with 50% custody, we have them every other week. Uh, The situation has never been easy for me and has always caused me anxiety, and there was a point where it was beyond out of control. I was Mm. on antidepressant medication. And I realized that's not how I wanted to live. And I was able to do a lot of interpersonal and spiritual work and work on my health to get it 
more under control. But whenever I have to deal with the kids or even conversations with my husband about the kids, I start to feel a fight or flight response in my body. And Mm. it really has affected my life. Mm. (laughs) And it's something I don't seem to be able to move past. So my question is, how do I honor the anxiety that is trying to tell me something while still moving forward and trying to have a connection and a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Do you have anxiety in other areas of your life? You know, I actually had never experienced anxiety until the summer before I was going to get married. That was Mm -hmm. the first time I had had a panic attack. I mean, I've always been a high achiever. I've always struggled with stage fright as a musician. And so I would say, yes, I have struggled with anxiety, but not to the pervasive level I do now. Okay. And what about the kids is most stressful for you? The way that they show up in the house and the energy they bring is really hard. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of aggressive behaviors. There's just a lot of behavioral issues. And that type of energy is just something that I take on. I don't know how not to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what were your tween early teen years like? Challenging. They were good. I had a really, really awesome family life, but we were a very strict Christian homeschool family. And my early tweens and teens were very confusing for me. Mm, how so? Um, I felt like who I was as a person, um, which is a very, very strong, independent individual, that as a female, that wasn't acceptable to be and that I needed to be smaller. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And were there any boys around in your life, brothers, friends that were of that age? Yes, I have an older brother and most of my friends up to that point of my life had been boys because that was just what the families we grew up with had primarily. And that was a time of life where I kind of started to feel like being friends with the boys was no longer acceptable and that I needed to not be who I was, not just be, you know, outgoing and have the conversations and friendships with them that I had already ha- uh, always had in the past because it wasn't appropriate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So two things were going on. You had to dim your light because you were a girl and you had to start Mm -hmm. kind of separating from boys and they got to go be boys and be friends, but you had to kind of back away. Yeah. Okay. Do you think there might be a connection here? You know, I do. I, I do know that the universe continues to bring things into our life to help us learn to grow through our biggest challenges. And so I don't think that it's any, (laughs) I know that I was brought boys as my stepkids for a reason. Mm -hmm. Boys in this phase of life. Exactly. When they're doing whatever they want and they're aggressive and they're loud and, you know, it's, it's changing. I think there's a lot of things about gender that are changing. And for the most part, boys are allowed to be loud and girls are expected to be more quiet. Mm-hmm. And again, massive generalization. And we generalize things for a reason because a lot of times that's just the way it is, especially if you were raised in a more traditional Christian home. So right. 
a lot of times, as you've heard me probably talk about on the show, anxiety is the result of repressed emotions. And I'm wondering if there's a tween girl in there who's really pissed off that, well, I don't think he wanted to be a boy, but didn't have the same kind of freedom of expression that the boys did. Yeah, I would say definitely. That's something that has come up recently for me. Endometriosis and adenomyosis is Mm. something that I have struggled with. And Mm. for me, I was able to tie it back to my early tweens and the emotions that were going on at that time as I started puberty. What were the emotions going on at that time? You know, I lost a grandma who I was very close to uh, when I was 11. And Mm. she represented unconditional love to me. Uh, she was someone who always accepted me for who I was. Mm-hmm. And um, she passed when I was 11. And I believe that was about the same time puberty started for me. And so something that has come up a lot for me in my spiritual journey recently is that the grief tied to that was something my body really held on to. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot. There's the grief tied to that. There's maybe some confusion and anger over, you know, being a girl and not having the same freedom that the boys had separating from your friends because it quote unquote wasn't appropriate. So now you have two boys that, and and anytime, and I see this happen with parents or step parents or whatever, like when they have children, whatever age stage their kid is in will trigger unresolved issues from that age stage. Very common. So here you have these two tween, early teen boys brought into your life. And I'm with you in the, the, the sensing that this is, this is triggering some really deep pain you went through in your tween years because that's such a tender time. And on top of it, we have raging, changing hormones. So (laughs) it's, it's a lot and it seems like you internalized a lot, you know, especially if, if things are manifesting in endometriosis, it's, that's, that's a clue for us that there was an internalization of feelings and that internalization of unprocessed feelings, it's energetic and it's going to show up usually somewhere in the body. And then Mm -hmm. in addition to that, we've got the energetic of anxiety, which is when there's a lot of emotions, kind of unresolved stuff on the subconscious level that's like wanting to bubble to the surface and wanting to be healed and wanting to brought into the light. But there's a part of us that's resisting it because we're scared. Again, this all kind of happens subconsciously. And so we just feel that nervous energy of anxiety. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm glad it makes sense. Does it feel true to you? Is it resonating? It does because- The other part that I feel in regards to my stepkids is a lot of anger and a lot of resentment. And that's not something I like to say very often because it brings a lot of shame and guilt mm-hmm. acknowledging that as well. But I know I have to acknowledge it in order to deal with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, whether you're step parent or parent or whatever, I think that pretty much every parent listening in whatever form their parents would say that they've had times when they were like, I just want these kids to go away. (laughs) Like they're driving me crazy. (laughs) And then the guilt immediately follows it because, you know, of the expectations that we have on ourselves as, as parents. So 
let's just, if it's okay with you, can we try to speak some of that anger out today? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we know, let's just say this. We know you love your husband. We know you love these kids. We know you want the best for them. Like all that is a given. We know you're not a terrible person. <laughs> all, all of that is known. And that one of the reasons you're calling in is because you want this to shift for you and for them, right? Because yes. you want to be yes. a positive influence in these boys' life. So I, I know that, you know that, the audience knows that. So this, what we're about to go into right now is, is purely an expression of thoughts and feelings that are there that are amplified by unresolved stuff from your past. And so we're giving them a voice so you don't have to carry them around energetically. And it's so healthy to get these things out because if we're holding on to them energetically, one, it's produces anxiety, physical symptoms, but also it's going to create rifts in relationships because energetically other people can feel that. And you're going to have a closer relationship yes. with your stepsons if you allow yourself to get some of this out. Okay. Okay. So full permission here. So we'll just go for it. What are you really angry about? What pisses you off about these boys? Um, really pisses me off is the way that they show up in my house. There's a lack of respect for me and their dad, our home, um, the attitude of entitlement, the lack of gratitude and just, the unfairness of they think they have to be treated a certain way, but it's not returned to those around them. That makes me angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything else? The way they treat their dad and the way he lets them treat him makes me really angry to see someone I care about be treated that way. Mm. How do they treat him? Very disrespectfully. They scream and yell at him and he's calmly trying to sit there and talk to them and emotion coach them and do what he knows to do as a parent to help them learn how to acknowledge and deal with their emotions. And they don't respond. <laughs> they, they will literally sit there and scream at him while he's trying to do that. And he lets them. Mm. And like the way they treat each other is that same way. They try to, you know, cajole and manipulate and use emotions as a weapon instead of learning how to have relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And that breaks my heart and makes me angry at the same time. Yeah. Anything you're angry at your husband about? For letting them treat him that way. Mm -hmm. um, and there was times, a couple times in the last eight years when, you know, we were done because I'm like, I can't keep watching this happen. And, you know, thank goodness by the grace of the universe and every good thing that is, we were able to both come to some realizations and go through some massive personal growth. And he has learned so much about his own worth and setting boundaries. And that has been a huge, but I, I think I have some trust issues and trusting that that's going to continue to happen mm, why? as well. Trust issues with men is something that I've become very aware of. I don't really trust what they say is going to be what always happens, that mm -hmm. it's going to change, that it could go back to the way it was. I just have a really hard time trusting the the changes that happen. Mm. 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 Okay. And that's a whole other path we could go yes. down. <laughs> 
<laughs> so in the interest of time, anything else you want to speak? I'm angry at myself that I haven't been able to quote unquote figure this out and get through it. I I'm not someone who shies away from hard things or is someone who backs down from challenges. And I usually am able to find a resolution and a way to make it work. And this is something that I can't seem to get passed through around beyond. And I do feel anger and frustration with myself. Mm. And what, how do you think you should be? What would make the, you not angry and frustrated at yourself? What would you need to do be your change? I feel like I don't show up as who I really am when it comes to them. For some reason, I feel it's not safe to be who I am. And so the fight or flight response and reactions take over regardless of how much I tell myself I'm going to do things differently or implement the tools that I know and learn. And I know how to be better. I know how to show up better, but that isn't what happens in the situation most of the time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When we, when our nervous system gets triggered, we're in a part of our brain where none of those tools are stored. Mm-hmm. We're just in survival mode. And those tools are nowhere to be found when we're in that part of our brain. So the key thing for you to do in those moments is try to get yourself regulated as much as possible before thinking about any tools. And when I say regulated, that means being able to slow the breath down as much as you can. It doesn't have to be deep, but slow. Getting yourself in the present moment as much as you can, you know, squeezing your hands, stomping your feet, like feeling yourself in your body noticing things that are around you. Because when we do those things, like we can pay attention, we can look around because when we're in fight, flight, or freeze, we're usually not looking around and noticing things, right? Because Mm -hmm. we're in survival mode. We're not breathing slowly. We're not feeling our body or feeling our feet on the ground. So doing those somatic-based things helps the body go, okay, wait, like I'm actually safe right now. And then we can calm down the nervous system a bit and access the tools. So if you can forgive yourself because it's literally impossible to access tools when we're in a traumatic response. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So there's a couple things here. So first of all, how does it feel to speak the anger out? It feels good. I, there's a little bit of shame attached with it too. Okay. I'm ashamed because. To say it out loud. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> a part of me thinks and feels that I'm the adult. I should be able to, like they're kids. For goodness sake, these are kids. They're kids that have had a hard situation. And yet, like it's still something I can't handle is that causes me anger that I'm not able to release. So there's that shame with it. Yeah. Well, they are kids, but so are you when you get triggered. Yeah. So. And I hear that. I hear that. And what, what can happen often in a divorce is there's so much guilt that the parent is feeling mm-hmm. that they do collapse some of their parenting boundaries and let the kids get away with more than they would normally because of their own guilt. Right. So I think that's there's a little bit of that going on with your husband mm-hmm. in terms of him not because it's great. He wants to teach them emotional intelligence, but it seems like there needs to be a little more discipline mm-hmm. as well. And do you think his own guilt gets in the way of him 
really being a loving but firm father who who knows how to, you know, for lack of a better word, discipline his kids and teach yes, them how yes, to be healthy. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I do. It's come up for him. He's it's something he's working on, but it does still have an effect for sure. Yeah. And that's something as his partner and as his wife that you can call him forward in because the thing is, this isn't setting the kids up for success in life, mm-hmm. letting them treat, letting them disrespect, all that kind of stuff. I have absolute compassion for their home being split up, for what they went through. It's hard on kids. And it also sounds like they have a loving home in you. What's mom like? Emotionally unaware and someone who has a lot of trauma that they run from. Okay. And how does she show up as a mother? She provides a lot of fun and activities and tries to keep the the Disneyland parent mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So this is the other thing that will happen. Kids will act out at the home of the parent who feels the safest. Hmm. Why is that? Well, the main reason is because if a parent feels unstable, the kids can feel that and they almost subconsciously kind of go into not a parent role, but they kind of know like they can't push it that hard because there's not stability in the parent. But if they feel stability in the parent, then they can act out because they know they're held. So I think they feel safer with dad than they do with mom. Okay. Would your gut say that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. I've seen the parenting role being taken up by the oldest whenever it comes to his mom. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So they come to your house and they act out. Yeah. Yeah. Have they been in therapy, either one of the boys? They were. They were in therapy until their mom pulled permission. So they were no longer able to continue. We've just gotten that sorted so they can go back and we're trying to get them back in. Great. I think that's helpful. And I think, you know, maybe listening to this episode with your husband would be helpful too, but they're at the age right now where they do need to start to learn respect. And yes, it's okay for them to have anger. Like I would, I would be teaching them how to do an anger burn, set up like a little space in the house or their garage where there's some foam noodles and pillows they can hit or punch or whatever. And if they're angry about Mm -hmm. something, they can take it there. So you're teaching them how to release their emotions, but that it's not appropriate to act out at your family or in a home and teaching them respect and all that kind of stuff. It's, it will feel to you and especially to your husband, like, Oh, we're, we're being too disciplinary and we're being mean. And these kids have been through so much, but they're not going to be good men equipped for the world if they don't really learn respect right now. And it also there's some subconscious testing going on. Like how much can we push dad and stepmom, you know, and they're still there right. and they still love us. So there's a lot going on for these boys and there's a lot going on for both of you, especially your husband. Uh-huh. And I do think you guys need some help navigating it a little bit. I'm glad that they're going to go back to therapy. I think that'd be helpful. And I think your husband might need some help from someone other than you in Mm -hmm. relieving some of the guilt and really stepping into being man of the house. 
Because right now it sounds like when the boys are there, they kind of run the house. It's a slow shift over from that right now. Mm-hmm. And right. it started in the past six months. That shift started about six months ago. Through the, the shift health. to your husband becoming more in charge? Yes. Okay, great. And then more, um, you know, having firmer boundaries with the kids and more rules and, you know, great. giving them consequences. Great. And so, but we're in that stage of them really pushing back on it still. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to feel like I want to be around for that. Yeah. Because <laughs> part well, of me is like, I didn't make this mess. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's okay if you're not. It's okay if you take more time out of the house. And though when the kids are there, that's when you see your friends. That's when you do self-care. That's when you take yourself on a little day trip. And yes, you're the stepmom. And yes, you're your husband's partner. And it's his kids. And for you, for him, for the kids, he is stepping up, it sounds like, and he needs to even more. And I think that, you know, you need to see that out of him, right? For whatever. And we didn't have time to go down the whole, why don't you trust men track, but I can make some assumptions. You need to see a man really protect you Mm -hmm. and stand up for your home and your family And then your work to go back to your original question about the anxiety is letting your tween have her anger, your own anger work, your own journaling, your own empty chair process, talking to her, letting her get her anger out because they're getting to express theirs and you're having to be, you know, stepmom who holds it all together all the while you're boiling inside. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think if you give yourself the time and space to do that, some of the anxiety will go away because you said it. You're like, the anxiety is an alarm system, right? It's it's alerting me to something. And from what we talked about, my sense is it's alerting you to a time in your life that was really hard, a loss of someone, a kind of sadness around being a girl and having to dim your light and losing boyfriends and seeing boys get to go and do what they want and you not having the same, you know, that's a lot for, you know, a 10 to 13 year old to handle and process without a lot of guidance. Yeah. Do you feel that could help? I do. That makes a lot of sense and it gives me a good place to focus. I feel like I was kind of just overwhelmed and scattered with what to do. And that really yeah. gives me a place to focus in. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to acknowledge you because you didn't just marry your husband. You said yes to two kids as well. Mm-hmm. And you were Insta family. Yeah. And that is not an easy place to be in. It's not. And I truly believe in a lot of ways you're there for a reason. And you, I do too. Right now, your focus is on you know your own emotional health and well being, but oh my goodness, like if you can model that as a woman to these boys, especially if they don't have it in their mom, that's huge. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much to Kendra for bringing this topic forward. Like I said, I haven't had too many step-parent calls, so this was wonderful to dive into and dig into. And I believe that just like 
our children choose us and we have soul contracts with certain people. When we are a step parent, that, that child on some level chose us as well. And we do have a soul contract with them and it can be challenging. You know, some of you who are step parents may have just fallen in love with the kids. It's been easy. It's been graceful. And some of you may be really challenged by it, either by the attention that's divided between the kid and you from your partner, the kids themselves, the other parent. And there's so many things that can come with blended families and step parenting. So I want you to know that if you're in a challenging step parent situation, or if you are a parent and you're seeing your partner or spouse in a challenging step parent situation, you have my compassion. And I really hope that this episode helped. So let's just start with Kendra's anxiety. So like you've learned on the show, anxiety isn't bad. It's an alarm system that is alerting us that there's something we're not paying attention to, that there's something that is either triggering us, that we're repressing, that needs our awareness. Because that energy of anxiety is that frenetic energy when the nervous system is a little bit in hyper arousal. And when the nervous system is in hyper arousal, that means we're either triggered by something, some kind of trauma or past memories activated, or we're spending so much time suppressing big emotions that it's an overload on our nervous system. It's sort of like, I do a lot of grocery shopping, so this is the metaphor I'm going to use. You know, those paper bags they give you at a grocery store, they can only hold so much. You know, you can, you can fill them up as long as it's light, but if you try to put a couple glass jars of bone broth, some apples, some bananas, you know, whatever else that's pretty heavy, some bottles of water, you're not going to, you're going to have to double bag it or put it in multiple bags because the handles are going to break or the paper bag is just going to rip. And that's what our nervous system is like as well. It can only handle so much. And when we're repressing emotions and when we're not dealing with things, the bag rips and our nervous system gets dysregulated and we go more into that survival brain, fight, flight, or freeze. And when we're in survival brain, and this is so important, I said this to Kendra, but I just want to reiterate it to all of you. When we're in survival brain, all the tools and personal development aren't accessible. So for those of you who beat yourself up because you go to these workshops, you listen to my show, you read the books, you have the tools, but in the moment when you're triggered, it's like you, you don't have access to them. You don't use them. Please stop beating yourself up and know that when you're triggered and when your nervous system is dysregulated, you're in a part of your brain that literally doesn't have access to those files of all the tools. So as I coach Kendra, the first step is to regulate your nervous system as much as possible so that you can use those tools. So a trick that I use, not really trick, a, a practice that I do is if I'm, I can tell I'm dysregulated, like let's just use the example of I'm in an argument with Steph, my husband, and I can tell I'm dysregulated, I will say, I can't have this conversation, I need a minute. And I'll leave, work on regulating my nervous system, and then I can think of what tool I want to use to bring back to the conversation. So that's an important practice to have. So please forgive yourself. No guilt and shame if you have all these tools, but you, you can't use them. So that was really key for Kendra is understanding that the anxiety is an alarm system. And what we got to, you know, the first part of the call was looking at what was going on for her when she was that age. And I understand these boys have been in her life for 
a while. They're not new, but this particular age is particularly triggering, right? And it's been stacking. And so my first intuitive hit was, hmm, what was happening with her, especially regarding boys in her developmental years? And we heard that, you know, there was this expectation of her being a girl to dim her light and to separate from some of the boy friends and seeing the boys get to do what they want. And she didn't. So there's a lot there. And then the loss of grandma. So having these boys at this age in her home is activating her. So her work is to do her healing work, her anger work around that age. So she's not so triggered around them. Because if she's so triggered around them, then she's not going to be able to discipline appropriately. She's not going to be able to call her husband forward and be his ally as well, because she's going to be time traveling to her tween years. And tweens aren't good at parenting. (laughs) So when we're triggered and we're tweens trying to parent tweens, good luck with that, right? So her doing her own healing work, her own anger work, and even giving herself permission to speak anger on the show today was a great start in that. And again, that guilt and shame that came up of like, I'm the adult. Well, you are in present day. (laughs) However, your inner child is getting triggered. So you're actually not the adult the whole time, which is why inner child work is so important when it comes to life in general, but especially in parenting so that we can deal with our inner child so our own children or stepchildren aren't continuing to trigger it. So that was the second part, her really working on her anger, her unresolved hurts and grief that are energetically still something that she's carrying around so she can be more present. And then again, we could have gone down many roads here. I could have gone down the, why don't you trust men? We could have gone down more, some of the the practical things she can do as a parent, but it sounds like the kids are in therapy, husband's getting support. They've got support around that, which I'd really highly recommend. But we did talk a little bit about the importance of discipline and the importance of really teaching these boys respect and not letting her husband's guilt over the divorce and over their split family or over their mother or whatever impede his ability to really grow men, right? To grow good men. And it sounds like to me, these boys need compassion and understanding. And they also need to be put in their place a little bit because we aren't going to be respectful if we don't respect others. And it sounds like, and it's changing, but it sounds like they push their dad around too much and he allows that. So they're not going to respect him much. And if they don't respect him, how are they going to be respectful? So it's not about tough love or all of a sudden being this disciplinarian or sending them to military school. It's not about none of those things. It's about saying, hey, I understand you're feeling this way and this is not okay. And there's going to be consequences because especially in that developmental stage, kids need to know that. And that's something that's important for all of us to learn as kids, because as an adult, we can't do whatever the F we want anytime we want. We're kind of a jerk in life if that's the way we think we can live. So by having some discipline, by having some consequences in place, he's not negating their feelings or negating their experience. He's actually giving them some structure, which is very valuable to them at this time. So biggest takeaway from this show for you, especially if you're a parent, step-parent, is if there are kids in your life and they're at a certain age, like, and you're noticing more anxiety or 
you're noticing you're losing your temper more, or you're noticing you have more stress, whatever it may be, really ask yourself, hmm, what could this be triggering inside of me? What from my life could this be reminding me of? Because those little kids are mirrors. They're teachers in so many ways. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.